With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome back to the Beaver Banter Podcast. I'm Nick Daschel, and I cover Oregon State football and basketball for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. The Beavers are headed to Arizona this week for a little bit of sunshine and a game against Arizona State. It's an early kickoff, 12.15 in the desert, 11.15 a.m. here in in Oregon. Uh, Oregon State's coming off a 38-10 win over California, which for my money, I think was the best the Beavers' best performance of the season. Uh, joining me on the podcast, as he does every week, is former Oregon State cornerback Kyle White. Welcome back, Kyle. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, they played absolutely amazing. I, I love the defense. Of course, you would. You lo- you love defense. You're you're a defensive guy. Was what was it? The, what was it the like Saturday about the about the defense other than the injuries? But we'll 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 touch on all that. I was going to start off first up with the uh, California. The Beavers are. Seven and three after that thirty-eight to ten win, and I mean, you look at this game; all three phases were were pretty much on point. You know, I, offensively, Galbranson was was as good as he needed to be. You know, he wasn't spectacular, but when they needed a play, he made it. Uh, the running game was pretty effective. Um, thought they made you know the plays when they needed to. I, you know, I don't think the running game you know broke out a bunch of elect you know explosive plays or anything like that, but they kept the chains moving and, and they, they made the most of their, of their drives. Um, there were only two punts in the game that both flipped the field. There's a punt return for a touchdown. Then the defense. Oh my God, 160 yards total gave up three points they, we haven't seen a, a performance like that defensively. And since, uh, I think it was 2009 against Utah. That was the last time the Beavers held a PAC 12 opponent under 200 yards. Um, and you know, before you say Cal, you know, it's just California. I mean, California has actually been putting up some points and in, in yards lately. They, you know, they had 30, they, they battled USC to the wire, you know, two weeks ago and they, they put up over 400 yards against Oregon. So, I mean, this wasn't like it was an offense that was, was terrible, even though they did fire their offensive coordinator yesterday, but, uh, but that's another story. Um, Anyway, you know, I, I, I guess let's just start with the defense. Like I said, I, I mean, this is arguably the best defense in the conference right now, and they, they showed it Saturday with, with pretty much every everything. They held Cal to nine yards of nine yards rushing. You know, the the Cal had trouble throwing the ball. They they just had trouble moving the chains. You know, they had the had the early pick that really set Cal back. Um, I just talk a little bit about what you saw defensively from this team. They didn't rush the ball as much, but you know when they did, uh, Oregon State was always prepared and ready. We had, I think, it was two sacks. Uh, There's a lot of quarterback hurry ups, which was very nice. And 
Uh, secondary did their thing. Linebackers did their thing, you know, coming up with the interception. But overall, I mean, phenomenal defensive play by the whole Oregon State roster. I mean, they came to play and they came to make a name again for themselves. And, you know, I think that that game, um, when you think about it, I mean, it definitely – I think it puts them, in, which it did, put them back in the top 25 at number 25. And so they are by far, in my opinion, the best defensive team. And Oregon State is, they run off their defense, which is really nice. And then the offense does their thing really well, too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the defenses around the Pac 12, obviously Utah has got a good defense. And I don't know. Oregon, Oregon at times can be okay, but I don't, I don't know if they're anything special. And, um, Gosh, I don't know. Washington, Washington is. I, I, I think I think they caught a break when they put Oregon State because they got the wind there. I, I think Oregon State would have would have put up some points on Washington had the had it been a field of been a you know fair weather conditions and Washington probably could have said the same thing. But I, you know, Washington, Washington State's defense is pretty good. I just I don't see any defenses better than Oregon State's in the conference, and I. I think it kind of starts up front where you know there's no there's no NFL guys up there that I see but and I'm not saying that there aren't but but I don't see any but they're all solid guys that are are doing their job and they're stopping the run and and they're and they and they're pushing the pocket and and they and they're while they may not be getting a ton of sacks they're making quarterbacks throw before they need to before they want to throw. Oh no, I 100% agree. I think that you know, we don't have any flashy lights at the D-line, but they do their job and they do it tremendously in which they can stop the run, they feel the holes, and then when it comes to throw, like, you know, quarterbacks having to throw the ball, they have hurry-ups, which is always nice, and we have a great secondary. So as long as you can, you know, make a quarterback either second-guess or pass early, our secondary is going to do what they need to on the back end. But I think we have a very consistent defense compared to a lot of teams in the Pac-12. And like the only other team, like you were saying, that I think has any comparison would be Utah. Uh, you see like some weeks, Oregon and Washington look pretty well. But I think that um, Oregon State does have one of like the best defenses in the Pac-12. Yeah, it's and it's been yeah you know, obviously a source of frustration for fans because they see this great defense and they think, geez, they just had a quarterback, but you know that's another that's another story. I you know, the you know, quarterback is what it is, I guess. Um, you know, one guy was really impressed me on Saturday. A couple guys actually, Kadon Oladapo was one, but I thought Ryan Cooper, who 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 Oregon State named as their defensive player of the game. I thought he had a great game, and not just statistically, he led the team in tackles. But he, you know, he they moved him from you know his his nickel position over to corner when Alex Austin went out, and he squared up a number of guys for tackles. I mean, he was he was really effective with his tackling. I, he, the guys just didn't get past him when 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 you know, and the the yards after the catch were very minimal when Ryan Cooper was involved in the play. Yeah, I can say from a corner that's played both the nickel and corner position, the nickel is different than a lot of people expect it actually is. I feel like there's a lot more that comes into it, and plus you're more of a free roamer where you play linebackers a little and you play that corner slash safety position. So for him to be able to move back out to the corner position and play phenomenal, you know, I think, yeah, like you were saying, he played great. And uh, all props to him. And I mean, yeah, he's a great part of the team and yeah, he does well. 
And, and, and again, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to make California out to be, you know, a, a groundbreaking offense, but they did have an experienced quarterback. I mean, Oregon State played him last year when he was at Purdue. Um, they have two freshmen that are they're as good a freshman as as there are in the conference. And one receiver and the running back, Jade Knott. They they did nothing. They just did nothing. And so I, I mean, I just I thought it was a, it, I thought it was the best defensive performance of the season by a defense that's making a case for being the best in the conference. So, you know, you start there. Then, you know, special teams, you know, I know Jake Cookus gets dogged at by fans every now and then for, you know, special teams mistakes, but I, I don't know what people are looking for. I, I, I haven't really noticed a lot of, I think the special teams this year have been a net positive. There haven't been a lot, there haven't been a lot of big kick returns. Um, you know, by the, by the opponent, um, you know, the kickoff, the, the, I mean, really the only thing that's been a problem is, is, is field goals. Be- and part of that's because they've had injuries at that position, but I mean, they've returned a kickoff for a touchdown two punts for a touchdown. Um, I, I think the special teams, and it kind of comes back to where they're able to put veterans out there this year, guys that have played a lot of football who are willing to go play special teams and not, not everybody wants to go play special teams, but these guys do. Yeah. I mean, from a player standpoint for myself and uh, knowing coach cook is, I can say I was not always a fan, uh, but I am happy with him and the program this year and the things that he's done special teams wise from um, kick return, kickoff, pun return, punt, and, basically every realm of the special teams area. Cause you know, you don't see a lot of negative or positive yards from the other team going from punt or, but you see now two punt returns, which has been great. You see a great kick return. You know, we're always having positive yards. There's not many penalties. Uh, yeah. Like you were saying, you know, PATs is like one thing and three point conversions, but you know, that's one thing that you always got to focus on, but it's, you know, with injuries, it's always harder. I think he's done a great impact on the team. And I, again, like the veterans coming out to the uh, play special teams this year, it's very nice because, you know, I, I truly believe this program and this team is all the way bought in. And, you know, whether they had a down week last week, they came back this week and did something almost in ways historical uh, defensively. So, you know, like they don't take that loss last week and hold it over their heads this week. And it's, it's great to see how this, how they can turn a new leaf week after week and not dwell on the last week or sit there and look at a win and just go, we're good. It's like, you know, they look at every week as if it's a new week and it's really good to see that this team uh, has great leadership that helps them focus on the next week at next task at hand. Yeah. I was going to get the offense here in a little bit. I, I was, I thought I had, I thought I had my stats up here. Oh, here we go. I, I knew I had my stats somewhere. Um, Cause I was going to throw out what, you know, Ben Gulbertson actually did in the, in, in that game Saturday. Um, he was, I mean, they, they weren't. Martinez I, was over a hundred yards. Yeah. Martinez had his fourth straight hundred yard game here. I'm just about, just about here to the stats on Ben Gulbertson. Oh, here we go. Um, well, I'm getting the color wheel. So great. Um, Okay. He was 15 out of 23 for 137 yards, two touchdowns. Again, n- nothing spectacular, but sometimes as a quarterback, you do 
what you're asked to do. And, and I even asked Ben this after the game. I said, when you got a defense like that, is it in the back of your mind? Just don't screw it up. And he's, yeah, kind of, you know, you, you know, you know, that's really all he could do is screw it up. Um, but I also thought, I also thought Oregon state came out, you know, as you know, being 15 out of 23, you're thinking, oh boy, they, you know, they really packed it in conservative, blah, blah, blah. But I, I really thought early in the game, the first three, three, four drives, they, they really set a tone for being aggressive. They came out with a lot of different formations. They tried some, you know, some stuff that, you know, some new wrinkles, maybe not new wrinkles, but they tried some different stuff like putting, you know, they put Jam Griffin in as a Wildcat quarterback a couple of times. They, they, they threw the, the Coletto through the pass to Anthony Gould. You know, they ran that, that one power sweep on the, on the goal line there for a touchdown by Jam Griffin, where I think pretty much everybody on the team pulled to the, pulled to the right and blocked on that one. It was incredible to watch the, this is wave of blockers in front of Jam Griffin for this five yard touchdown run he made in the second quarter. Um, but I, I just thought, you know, they, they kind of set the table with this aggressive mindset. And then once the game was, you know, kind of in their, in their control, they, they just, they just kind of motored their way to the finish line and, and never really looked back. Yeah. I mean, when I was sitting there looking at the offense, I think that one Ben, he plays well, you know, he plays his part as the quarterback. Like, you know, I think he does make the audibles to a run if he sees something to the left or right, he'll switch it up if he sees something. So I think, you know, sometimes you don't got to throw the ball for a crazy amount of yards. I think that he's just a great quarterback. You know, he's going to definitely grow into an even better quarterback for Oregon State over the next couple of years. But uh, I think the cool thing and the happy thing and the positive thing that I looked at this week was how many different um, new things that they sort of pulled out. Necessarily not new, but like, you know, when you got Griffin at the Wildcat, that was really awesome, like you were saying. And then Coletto throwing the deep ball, which was phenomenal. It was a great pass. And it's so nice to see that, like, that quarterback side of him is still there rather than just running the ball. Um, so, like, all the little, like, schemes that they've done and now that they have in their, like, pocket. So when a film looks at our offense, it's not just Coletto's in the backfield. He's running the ball. No, now they've motioned him to the running back. And then Griffin's not getting the ball. That was nice to see. Or when – Coletto's at quarterback. He's not just running the ball. He's going to throw it. So, like, you know, I think we pulled out a lot more now where we're a lot able to dispose of a lot of new options for a defense to look at, new schemes to look at. So it doesn't just make us one-dimensional whenever uh, players or another team sees something new. So I think that was really good that they were able to pull that out and try new things. And obviously this team has, has, has really evolved into a run first team like the one last year. They weren't, they weren't, it was a little unclear earlier in the season that they were going to be, you know, a run first team, but with Martinez, the way he's been going of late, it's, it's pretty clear. He's, this is, or this is an Oregon state team. That's going to, that's going to ride that freshman kid as, as far as they can. I mean, they're not overplaying him. He's, he's, Last four weeks, he's got 16 carries, 22 carries, 19 carries, 23 carries. Those are manageable numbers, and he's and he's putting he's put up 111, 178, 107, 105. I mean, those are five five and a half yards a clip on, on five five to six yards average um, 
Percari, I mean, boy, I mean, that's a good place to start an offense is when you got a running back that can deliver those kind of numbers. Yeah, I think it was like funny to see that the whole beginning of the year we just kept talking about is who's going to be the main back, who's going to be the main back, who's going to have that spark because we don't have that offensive, like we couldn't find it in the pass game, we couldn't find it in the running game, so we didn't have that identity. And then as a couple weeks went in, you start to see Martinez really uh, blossom, which is really cool. And so now they have that premier back that they know of. But the best part about it is that because they were so versatile in the beginning of the season, they still have Fenwick that you could see from this past week and last week that he still runs the ball well. You have Griffin, who is an amazing runner. And so now they're able to distribute and, you know, not have to overly fatigue Martinez as a freshman, but he has that confidence now that he can ride behind for the offense. So, I mean, I think it's nice to see that our whole run game is our, is our foundation, which has always been like almost, I feel like, an Oregon State thing. And, you know, from that, we do have some decently nice pass game. Um, again, I think it's just going to keep growing because Ben is so young. The offense, you know, we got to figure out, like, receivers-wise, Harrison looks good at days, and then sometimes he'll drop them, but then other times he'll have some magnificent magnificent plays. So it's literally, because we have such a foundation of the run game, it's very nice that we can always play closer to the sticks than further away. Um, and it's just going to keep getting better. And I think this last couple of weeks, they can just keep, you know, grinding and growing. And, you know, it's been nice to see an Oregon State team do this well. One other comment I'll make about the offense, I'll move on to another subject, is is I, I thought Treshawn Harrison um, quietly had a, had a good game. He eight catches for 79 yards. Now what you want to see out of him is to build from that. He's a senior. He's supposed to be a leader out there. He's supposed to be the guy that's their go-to receiver, and you'd like to see him you know, pair this up with a couple more good performances down the stretch and really finish his career out strong. He's had, you know, he's had some good games this year, but he doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem to stack, stack them up. And, and you'd like to see a guy like that, you know, kind of finish it out on a good note. And if, if he can, I mean, I, Oregon State's got a decent chance to, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that they need Harrison to be big next week, but they definitely need him to be big in the in the game against Oregon two weeks from now. But um, so obviously, there's a lot of good from Saturday, but there was some bad too, and it had nothing to do with Oregon State's play. It's it's the injuries. That game was costly for Oregon State. I mean, they've been they've been pretty fortunate all year with injuries, but boy, this game this game took a toll. Um, you know, coming out of the game, Alex Austin left at halftime. He'd been battling. I don't know what it is he's battling. He's had some sort of injury last couple of weeks. Jaden Grant, same thing. Some sort of a, I think it's some sort of a leg injury that he's been dealing with. Um, he, he left to the second half. You know, Jack Coletto has got a hamstring issue. Uh, Tali Fuega, the right tackle, and Hanelli Bloomfield, the left guard. They both got lower leg injuries. Um, Deshaun Fenwick didn't didn't play. They kept him out, kind of precautionary. Uh, John McCartan, outside linebacker, didn't play. He had some sort of a leg issue. Uh, Josiah Irish, who's a special teams whiz, uh, he he left. He left in the second half. Uh, I think he'll be back. 
Uh, and then Jam Griffin left in the in the first half. I, I don't know what his injury was, but you know Jonathan talked today about you know they all seem to have some chance of playing Saturday. I I I don't know how much of that was poker and how much of that was was you know reality. I, I I'd be surprised if all these guys are back Saturday. I'm I'm guessing a number of these guys are not going to play Saturday and you know, good chance that we won't see a few of these guys, you know, the last two weeks of the season. So you got all these injuries. Um, how's the team when you're a player, how do you, how do you, how do you do? I, you know, I know the coach always goes into this next man up stuff, but I mean, real, realistically, how do you, how do you deal with a situation like that where all of a sudden you got a bunch of guys that are, that you counted on might not be playing and you got backups in their plan. Yeah, it's definitely really stressful. Um, yeah, it's always that saying, like, next man up. But I think the thing with Oregon State that makes it a little bit more stressful is because we don't know if we have that, like, you know, we don't have that depth at uh, the positions. So it's going to be very curious to see, like, who really does step up on top of who comes back uh, to actually play. Because, like, in my mind, I was sitting there thinking about it, like, oh, you know, we can battle against Arizona State and hopefully come out with a win without some of these guys. But at the same time, like, we finally made this name or Oregon State's finally made this name for themselves. So, you know, you go 23, ranked in top 25 at 23, you lose, and then you're out. And then we come back and we blow out Cal back to the top 25. And then what were to happen if we lose again, we're definitely out. And so, you know, like, these are all, like, chances that they potentially could lose a bigger bowl game uh chances at a bigger bowl game and so you know like do they have that depth uh what are the conversations like in the locker room and how much are like those guys that are hurt which are some of our leaders you know like how do they step up and either one try to get recovery or two you know be a great leader to the guys underneath them to help them prepare and be ready for this game coming up this upcoming saturday so you know like um I would think that second one probably more so than uh, them being healthy. Um, but it's really going to be up to the leaders to be able to show mentor the younger guys and help them prepare for who knows what could happen on Saturday or who does play. Yeah. I thought well, one of the positives from Saturday was even though they lost all these guys, they were able to fill, they were able to fill in pretty nicely with, with, with backups and really didn't, you didn't really notice any drop off in play. And Jonathan mentioned that too, that, you know, the culture has been built up to a point to where, you know, guys are prepared and ready to go. And, and when they were asked to play, they stepped in and played. Um, but still, I mean, you went Alex Austin and Jaden Grant back there. I mean, as, as, you know, as gutty a performance as you might get from a backup, there's a reason why Alex Austin starting at corner and Jaden Grant starting at safety. They're, they're pretty good. Um, you know, I'm just looking at these injuries and, you know, some are bigger than others to me. I, I think they can get by if Tolly and Hanelli and Hanelli Bloomfield aren't able to play. I thought their backups played decently on the offensive line. I think they'll be okay there with, with the guys that they had in there. Um, I'd be a little concerned with the running back situation though, right now. Um, you know, cause right now it's Damian Martinez. You got Fenwick out, Jam Griffin out. We don't know if either one's going to be back. 
So that puts you down to Martinez and then and then Isaiah Newell, who who in camp looked decent, but he hasn't played a lot, so we don't know. They do get Trey Low. They they do get Trey Low back, so that that's a bit of a positive. But I mean, you're down to if Martinez Martinez has got to stay upright. As long as he stays upright, they're fine. But if you know if they were able if they lost him, then then it's a then stuff changes for this offense. Well, the way I see it is like. I know backups played great against Cal, but in ways it's Cal. So I look at Arizona State as a little bit better team where you never know. Like, I think a backup can do good against a team that's, it helps. It's a growing area for them where it's like, all right, like I can give you the confidence to come in and they really show out. They show that they can play and perform against this team. But, you know, it's always harder when you're playing a better team. So, like, I think with the O line scenario, um, it would be great to have the starters back. And if not, I think that they might play decent, but will they play at the way that they've been playing with the, for the run game? I don't know. Um, you know, at corner and safety, though, yeah, those are two very much needed positions. I think we did play well with them coming out. But at the same time, with Austin and Grant, you have that leadership where they have the communication, they have the knowledge, they have the experience. So, like, they know what sort of to expect on top of it doesn't frighten or frizzle them, you know? Like, uh, when you got a different crowd, you're in a new scenario, a new culture, and you got to be ready to play with a whole different uh, stadium platform. I think with having veterans in that area, it helps ease the tension of the game. And so, you know, those two, if they miss, it would be, who knows, in times that you probably could do well. But at the same time, like, in my mind, it could be, all right, we have a lot better communication. Things have to be a lot more verbal, more hand signals, and a lot more talking on the back end. So I'm curious and excited to see what happens at the same time nervous. Yeah. Well, and then obviously the other injury that, that, that could could prove to be pretty big is is Jack Coletto. If you're not in a fourth down or short yard situation, well, then you, you wouldn't miss him that much. But what are the odds of that happening? And I mean, you just don't have another Jack Coletto on the roster. So, you know, there might be some fourth down situations where they might just have to pass on him. Um, so, but that, 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 that's kind of a tough injury. Um, I do think, I mean, this, this team, and it's not just this year. The remarkable thing about this team is its resiliency. And, I mean, and that comes from Smith and the staff. I mean, they, they've, throughout this whole five years, they've really been able to bounce back from adversity. I, I think, you know, like, you know, like Saturday with the injuries, you know, they had the Washington game. It'd have been easy to, you know, it would have been easy to, to be a little flat after a game like that, where you, you had a game where you probably should have won it. You didn't. And yeah, you know, the team, a lot of teams will throw in a clunker the next time, but this team rarely has back to back, clunkers they 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 always seem to show up the week after a you know some sort of a, either a bad performance or some adversity or whatnot and i don't know it, i i mean it's kind of a testament to jonathan a little bit the way he's built the program to get him to you know to believe regardless of what's going on on you know inside and outside no 100 percent. i think that the way that coach jonathan smith's like help mold this new foundation and this new uh, team has changed the culture of Oregon State. Um, when I played, you know, when we lose, we lost. And it was like almost like a guaranteed, well, this is how the season's going to go. 
but looking at this new Oregon State roster and the new team and uh, the leaders they have on it with the coaching staff down to the seniors and juniors, they don't take a loss as a loss. You know, they take it as a lesson and then they learn from that lesson and they prepare for the upcoming battle. And, you know, I respect uh, Coach Smith and the whole staff on how they've helped mold this new foundation. And, I mean, you've seen it the last couple of years as it's grown from, I mean, you go from my era where we're not winning games to the era of Smith where we hit the first bowl game last year. And that wasn't even the end. Like, he's outgrown last year already. And so, you know, it's it's really nice to see how he takes adversity and how he has the team take it and how they grow from each and every aspect of it. So uh, props to him. And it's it's just great to see uh, a better built Oregon State than in the past. Yeah, you, you were on a team with plenty of adversity, that's for sure. That 20, <laughs> 20, 2017 team, I don't know how you guys showed up on the field half the time after, after some of those games, but... <laughs> Um, so Oregon state seven and three, they got two games left. Um, they're headed to Arizona state this week. They're a seven point favorite. I looked this up just, just for the heck of it the other day. And I mean, they've been, Oregon state's been a favorite seven times this year and they're seven and oh, in those games. And they're, they're, they're oh, and three when they're the underdog. Um, so they're beating the teams they should beat. And the point spread says they should beat Arizona state. Um, I, I'm not really going to be here to break down Arizona State because part of the problem with Arizona State is you, you don't even know who's going to be out there right now because they got they got a bunch of injuries too. Um, they they lost. I mean, we don't even know who's going to play quarterback yet for Arizona State because they played two guys Saturday against, at Washington State. The they their their uh, linebacker leads the conference in in tackles. He didn't play against Washington State. He had an injury, so not sure what to make of Arizona State, but. There's been times they've been good, and there's been times they've been not very good. But one thing I, I, I was going to ask, though, situationally with with Arizona State, they they are now out of postseason competition. They've got seven losses. How much of a letdown is there for a team once they hit that hit that spot where they know they're not going to be able to go to a bowl game? Do I mean is 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 that a tough thing to deal with, or or teams just you know? Can they can they persevere through a situation like that? I think those teams sort of, and because I was on that one of those teams, you look at it in like two ways. You either go, yeah, like the season's over, this is pretty pointless, you know, it's just downhill trajectory from there. Or they look at it and they go, hey, let's just knock off this team. Like Oregon State's doing well. They're the top 25, let's kick them out again. So, you know, like they have two ways that they can look at it. And from my time, they... I mean, we looked at it as, oh, we already lost. Like, games are over. Season's done. We suck. But, you know, it's not fun. But at the same time, like, you try to find that glimpse. And so, you know, we have players that would try to find that. And we try to fight every week. But then as soon as the game starts, as soon as – if we, Oregon State's able to just jump on top of them really fast and just shut it all down, that glimpse that they have of beating them will be out. So that's, I think, in ways Oregon State's task is to just come out Pounce on them, put seven on the board, turnover, put seven on the board, and just diminish all the positive thoughts they had of winning the game to bed. And, I mean, yeah, just show them this is where we're at because of who we became. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, 
I guess this probably isn't a big deal this year because the the weather's been so tremendous. Um, I mean, I think I'm trying to remember the the Washington game really is the only game Oregon State's had this year where the weather's been not very good. But I'm just curious what what's it like for a team you know playing in the Northwest to go down to the sunshine in November? I you know I I know I'm kind of looking forward to going down to see some sunshine this weekend and um, at least some 70 degree temperatures. Uh, how did how to how did football teams do they just look at it as business trip or they kind of look forward to you know playing a game in sunshine and you know somewhat warm temperatures i think it's both uh you know we go out when we went out to uh what arizona we had a night game and it was still like 80 something degrees but it's really nice to see like the scenery it's nice to have like the good weather but in the front of the front of your brain, it's this is all business. Like we came here to win, especially with the record that they have now. It's hey, why do we want to lose? Like there's no point in losing a game for the rest of the season. Like you know, let's win both these games out and see where we end up. But I think that this roster is like hey, like yeah, we got to win out and just make the most of it to make that name fully known for everybody everywhere that Oregon State's here finally and understand that we are going to be here. So I think that they have fun and they love the good weather, especially coming from, even though we haven't had much rain here in Oregon as of lately, knock on wood. But um, at the same time, like going down to good weather, having fun, but then as soon as it's time to hit the field, it's, they know it's all business. Yeah. Well, I was looking at your, it, it, when, the two years you were at Oregon State, you guys, you guys had a, a November game at UCLA in 2016. Um, you lost 38 to 24, and then you played at Arizona in, on in middle of November in 2017. Um, was that the night game that you, you was it in the 80s? Was it in the yeah, 80s then, so was, in, in November? Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was it was warm that night, and yeah, the Cal the USC game was really nice. It was uh, sunny. 75 like your normal cali weather so yeah we went from arizona where it was like 80 something and then the cow game when it was 75 and sunny but yeah both of them were great trips um i remember both of those hotels still it was like it was awesome it was a fun time we lost but <laughs> you know it's definitely uh fun to be in different climates different states enjoying the time that you have there but then when it comes down to business it's time to take care of business yeah what uh you obviously text and talk to former players what 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 are they saying right now about about the team about oregon state <laughs> it's mixed emotions in the group chats uh you know mixed? we have a lot of us that yeah there's one person that's just like I don't know. I'm a fan, but I think that it could be this. It could be this. We could potentially lose. You know, you always have, especially as an Oregon State fan, you know, this has been so surreal because we've never been this great in I don't know how long. So it's like, is there ever going to be a decline? But, you know, like a lot of us are like, I love what Coach Smith's done to the program. I love the turnaround that he's done. I think this is going to keep going. We just got to keep watching and keep being excited and yeah. congratulating you know, so you always got that one that's just like, hey, but this was us before. So it's like, yeah, but that's not us now. You know, they just look back on that time. But, you know, everybody in the group checks, text is just happy, ecstatic. Everybody's watching. They're all going to be there at the game. Uh, we decided to do, except for me. I won't. I'm not going to be because I have work and family stuff. But 
uh, most of the uh, reunited Avery household alums, they're going to be down there in Arizona. Uh, Timmy's going to be down there. Drew Kale, um, Gabe Ofgard, um, who else? Sosman, Adam Sosman, Luke. So a lot of them are going to be down there, and they're excited to watch the team and, you know, really get to really be there with them since a lot of them left out of state. Yeah, I've been to a number of games at Sun Devil Stadium. There's nothing There's nothing wrong with a game at Sun Devil Stadium, that's for sure. Um, it's a nice place to play. Well, I think that's about all the time we got this week for, for the Beaver Banter podcast. Remember, you can find this podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Be sure to check out Oregon Live for all our Oregon State content. We'll be back next week to talk about Oregon State's next game, that regular season finale against Oregon which is either going to be a 12.30 kickoff or a 7.30 kickoff, and I'm crossing my fingers that it's not the latter, because that would suck. So, and, I, and I'm sure the fan base out there agrees with me, but I guess it is what it is. When we'll find out this weekend what time that game is. But anyway, we'll see you next week.